0: Girlfriends, is that time? Is that time for another interview with Girlfriends Got to Homeschooling? I am Angela Jordan Perry, your host, and today I have snagged a treat for you. (laughs) Let me tell you, I have been working on this one right here for over a year. (laughs) I'm telling you, Queen Thais is in the house, and we're just going to jump right into it. If you don't know about her, let (laughs) me tell you a little bit. So, Queen Thais, are you ready to make this happen?
1: I'm so ready we've been
0: ready right this yeah, <laughs> time is not lining up for us but here we are so let me tell you if you don't know Queen Ty she is a homeschool visionary this woman is out of uh, Georgia been homeschooling for a lot of years and I'll let her tell you all about that she is an <laughs> award winning educator um, a successful homeschooling mother for 20 plus years now if you don't know all the things that she's involved, in, if you've never heard of Roots to Fruits Homeschool and Cultural Collective, the Children's African Ball, the Children of the Sun Fun Fest, uh, the Watutu Kwanzaa Jamboree, and her signature gathering that she has every year, the Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo that she has in Georgia. All right, this woman is full of resources and connections and insights this is a woman you need to know as it relates to homeschooling uh, and and as a a whole okay all things homeschooling she is the uh, best-selling she's a writer for the best-selling liberated minds black homeschool and education magazine uh, which is the first of its kind if you're not familiar with this I'm telling you get connected with her resources Um, since she has founded the Liberated Minds um, Black Homeschool and Education Institute, uh, which is an educational empire forging a new reality for the holistic cultivation of children throughout the African diaspora. So Queen Thais, she continues to create curriculum, (laughs) resources, opportunities. She is an influencer in the African diasporic homeschooling community She uh, provides support to culturally conscious community projects and endeavors. This woman is loaded, and I have her own girlfriend's guide to homeschooling. (laughs) So without further ado, Queen Thais, if there's anything else you would like to share with the girlfriends, please do. And then take us to how you actually got started in your homeschooling journey.
1: Yes. Well, I just want to, yes, there is something I want to say. I want to be um, just totally... I'm just excited about oh, being here, you know, we've been trying to make this happen for a minute and I appreciate all that you do and your journey. And I love when, you know, when you can connect with others that have, that, that you're walking that similar path, you know? So I just appreciate all you do and just having me on because this is so exciting. I was talking about it. And I said, oh my gosh, the Sunday's almost here. And I was just trying to make my way from another um, situation into this one. So just thank you, Madasi, for all your love. And it was just great to meet you at the conference a few few months back, which was an awesome, magnificent surprise. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, yeah, so I've been homeschooling now for about 24 years. And um, it has been an incredible journey that I would not trade for anything in the world and that includes not just the triumphs but also the challenges you know in that experience um I got I got started homeschooling not because I knew about homeschooling mm-hmm. but because I was really just dedicated and committed to my children not touching the public school mm-hmm. and I really you know I didn't know about homeschooling at the time um my my oldest child at the time was three. And now we were just doing some research around him, finding the best educational situation for him, which I just thought was private school. And like I said, I knew nothing about homeschool at the time. And so through that journey, um, we were able to come across uh, a school in Brooklyn, New York. At the time I was living in New York city and it was a school called Cush Campus and which we loved. And so he ended up going there about two years earlier than normal. And so from that point, I, you know, we still had, I still had my homeschool going and he came back with us in the Bronx where we were living at the time, but there really wasn't a lot of options, especially with my daughter on his heels. And I just began to look for different scholarships and resources. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't much, you know, especially for what I was looking for. And so I came across homeschooling, which I thought you know, was just for people who are traveling and on the road and different musicians and that type of a thing, um, not really knowing that this was something that anybody could do. So I just got excited about it, you know, and I started re- doing more research and I realized that it was mostly white women, white Christian women that had the collectives around um, educating their own. And so I began to do more and more research and realized, I said, I could do this. <laughs> I can do this. This is something that I felt really confident about. Um, even the things I didn't know, I felt confident that I could at least find the information that I needed and just begin the walk and, you know, begin to look for other homeschoolers at the time that looked like me, which I could not find for the first couple of years. Yeah. But I was just committed, you know, to just go on and just make it happen. <laughs>
0: yes. Beautiful. So 24 years, you're oldest. Give us how many children you have. And the ages that you have been, um, you know, have them for
1: homeschooling. Yes. So I have two through marriage and five that I've birthed. So seven total. Okay. um, Seven total amazing children. And they range from 26 on down to six. (laughs) The youngest is six. So it's, you know, I have, it's interesting because it's one thing about being a parent, what I'm realizing is that when you have them all different ages and stages, (laughs) That's where the the challenge comes in in a lot of ways because it's trying to meet the needs you know, working hard to meet their needs at whatever stage they're at in their life, and then you still have your own needs that you have to meet the meet the needs of your family and that type of a thing so yeah it's been it's been a challenge, but I've learned so much, and what I do recognize that I've never recognized before is that you know parenting really is reciprocal, and so each child that comes comes with something to teach you the Mm. same way that, you know, we're educating them or pulling out what's inside of them. And we also have to be open to learning and growing and evolving with each child.
0: Absolutely. I totally, totally snap, snap, agree with that completely. So, I mean, Queen Thais, (laughs) now I know, you know, I shared a little bit about you with girlfriends and your bio and what you have your hands into is full and your homeschooling and you're smiling and you're beautiful and you are making this impact in you know, the collective as a whole. How are you able to do that and maintain your integrity of homeschooling your kids and outreaching to the others and saying, Hey, come on into the fold and
1: let's homeschool. How are you able to do that? I mean, I think it's, you know, for me, utilizing our indigenous tools our medit you know meditation um taking time for self when you can and you know as a mom it's hard to get time for yourself sometimes um yet it is imperative if we're going to be able to give to others you know and be able to actualize what our divine purpose is and for me i feel like you know what i've come here to do in this lifetime it is extremely important that i manifest that and i live that out to the fullest not just for myself and my own well-being but for the well-being of my children as well and i know a lot of times as parents you know we're willing to deplete ourselves so that our children can have what they need but in actuality it actually is um the reverse effect because we feel like they're getting more when we deplete ourselves and give them everything but in 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 reality, they're actually receiving less because we're not able to evolve to through our divine stages in order mm-hmm. to be able to give them what they need along the way on their journey. Yeah. So it's a very interesting dynamic that I think a lot of times, you know, does not get discussed. And I feel that um, having like-minded community, you know, around I say I say extended family, and you know, I don't say mm-hmm. friends. It's like brothers and sisters who um, who want you know, what I want, I want what they want, you know, in terms of making sure we're creating a liberation lifestyle. I like to call it, you know, it's just a lifestyle, you know, it's homeschool is not something you do, you know, it's something you be, you know, you live it, you don't just, it's not just the academic portion of what this is about. You know, there's so many other facets. And when you talk about, you know, African centered education, it really is just holistic living. You know, it's, it's looking at all the different facets, I know for me, you know, through homeschooling, I've been able to dive into other aspects of just life and living and learning. So, you know, through that, I got more into foods and why I eat what I eat, because I feel like homeschool really helps you to identify all of the areas that are needed to cultivate this beautiful spirit, this beautiful Mm -hmm. being. And so when you look at all of those areas, you know, in order for you to teach them and, and open up opportunities for them, you also have to kind of sit with yourself and say, okay, what are the things I need to change? And so in essence, you know, through the homeschooling process, it's just a great tool and vehicle to making your life whole or my, it was a great tool for making my life whole and then being able to extend that forward to others in the community as well. So we now have about 50 children in our homeschool, Roots to Fruits. So I'm sitting love out to them, (laughs) um, all of the children and their families um, that are actually, that we connect with every day. And then we have our international network also that we work with families from all over the world. And, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, it's exciting and it's a great time. You know, a lot of times you hear the sad stories, you know, our children are going through this. And I are, we are, we are going through a lot just as the people and our children being at the forefront of that, of everything that's occurring, you know, but I just think it's a great time to make change. It's
0: beautiful and I agree with you so one of the things you have to expound on and tell us a little bit more about um your liberation lifestyle yes what does that look like in the framework of I know that you're very much focused on culturally rich education too for your kids absolutely you 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 nailed it right there the answer you know is your lifestyle is part of who you are but take us on this journey help those who are listening to understand what this liberated lifestyle looks like, why is it important for our kids, and why you chose to make sure your kids never touched public school. How does all of that connect?
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, when you talk about liberation lifestyle, a lot of times we use the words, you know, we say we want our children to be liberated, we want them to be sovereign, we want them to have their freedom to do all the things they want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it all starts with your mission statement, your family mission statement. And really, defining it, everything has to be a very clear definition because I feel like there's so many things out here that can stray you to the left and to the right. And a lot of times, there are great opportunities that come forth for our children. Yet, it may not be an opportunity that we need to take. You know, sometimes when you um, are faced with certain certain uh, advantages, you know, throughout your journey, when you have your mission state clear with, is this something that you're supposed to move towards? does it fit within the scheme of the overall goal or is it just something that's exciting, you know? So right. there's a lot of things I think we have to define um, clearly what the mission statement is, at least for my family, um, and I, I got that from Inwali Mubaruti years ago, who's one of our, you know, esteemed elders. And I just love the whole concept because we, we create mission statements for our businesses, you know, and mm-hmm. yet when it comes to our family, we don't create a mission statement. We don't talk about, what are the things, the non-negotiable things that we want our children to have? You know, not just academics and the scholarship, but also the morals, um, the values, the traditions, um, their character development, which I feel is huge. You mm. know, which a lot of time gets, a lot of times gets overlooked. And I think a lot of these, a lot of these things are really um, their tenets of what it means to be black or African. You know, and when we look at the, these premises, these are things that have been around for thousands of years. You know, it's nothing new. Um, it's not reinvented. It's just the character, character um, aspect and how we interact with each other socially and also how we build our community. And so I think for me, liberation lifestyle has been growing together, you know, as a family mm-hmm. and really living, working hard to live our ideologies. And mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between consciousness and conscientiousness. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, for me, consciousness is just, you know, getting the information to awaken. But yeah. I think the real awakening comes when we apply those tools. Yeah. And so when we're learning about these different things, it's great to get excited about it. But when you have people around you who are like-minded, then you, it, it makes it that much easier to actually implement Absolutely. all the things that you're learning. And it takes that support system. And so when I talk about a liberation lifestyle, it talks about collective, a collective lifestyle of like-minded people. Um, It talks about, you know, looking at health, looking at economics, looking at spirituality, Mm -hmm. looking at everything in your life Mm -hmm. that is going to bring wholeness and joy and peace and not just, and then defining your own success, you know, because a lot of times we find our success is pointed towards someone else's ideal. That's and for I me think. success is not just how much money you make what kind of job you can get you know but it's also about your self-identity knowing who you are because our culture is our immune system you know it's our cure for all things and mm-hmm. i feel like um i love when um uh, marimba uh, uh, nana marimba excuse me I speaks about the, of all the problems in our community send back to our culture and the more we tap into our culture and who we are and um, just the essence and the power of what that looks like and activating that. And that's what we had last year's expo was called the activation of power and abundance because we know that it exists. It's kind of like potential, you know, unless we activate it and we utilize it, it really has no value. And it's the same Mm. thing with power. You know, it doesn't Mm. have any value just to say that we know we're powerful. And so what are we doing to actually show that we're powerful. And, and the power is the liberation lifestyle. It is making the necessary changes to heal our families, to heal our community, to get, giving our children these modalities while they're young. They should be learning the yoga. They should be learning the meditation. They should be learning conflict resolution. You know, they should be learning about the things that are going on in the community and how we can build on this educational premise for our community. So, when we're talking about STEM, are we talking about them just learning, you know, science, technology, math, all these things, and serving another community and poisoning our own? Or are we having discussions around how can we utilize these things for our betterment? Otherwise, we're just gonna be swept away, you know, in the same madness.
0: Absolutely. Well said. That was a whole mouthful. That was a lot. Right there. That
1: was that was
0: good. That was excellent. All right. So let's take us down to this human level here. Yes. <laughs> and I have asked you this question because that that was powerful. You all. That was powerful. You just want to hit replay and just listen to that all over again, right? So very good. So, uh, Queen Thais, tell us. Take us to your worst day out of 24 years of homeschooling. Take us to your worst day of homeschooling that was so bad, you thought you were gonna give up. I-, I can't do this, this is over, I'm done. Um, but you didn't quit and that's why you know, you're know this amazing guru and uh, person, icon in the homeschool community
1: today. Ooh, my worst day um, is very clear. Um, my worst day was the day that my mom passed, which was, um, she transitioned in 2001, 2001, yes. Yeah. So that was a really tough time for me, it had a lot going on. I was going through a divorce at the time. I was, in she passed. Um, my school was growing, the homeschool was growing. And yet, you know, it was just, it was, I was going through my own personal evolution. And one of the things that I do say is that, excuse me, as I grow, you know, I've, as I've grown, I've always worked to implement, you know, better things along the way. Um, and so at that time, it was just a lot of transformation, great transformation going on. At the time, of course, you can't see it. You know, you right. feel like it's just so much pressure. And I was—I just kind of felt like, wow, like she, she was really my rock and still is. You know, so I just kind of felt like, wow, how is this going to... I just didn't see how it would continue to manifest. And I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, I can do something different and I can just put them back into, you know, a cultural school, private school or something like that. And I said, well, no, financially, you know, in New York City, (laughs) that was a good, you know, close to $1,500 a month, you know, for the two at the time that were of age. And it was just a lot going on. But then I thought about it and I said, you know what? Um, Our ancestors have come so far through so much. And a lot of the things that we feel are so major are really so minor. And so the perseverance that we have to have, Mm -hmm. it is non-negotiable, and I use that word again, it's non-negotiable because, you know, we have to continue on their shoulders. We have to continue to put out our very best. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that my mother stood for, you know, that she wouldn't have it any other way. Mm -hmm. And she was the one who encouraged me initially to start the homeschool. And I was just like, I don't even know where to start. She said, start where you are. (laughs) And I said, well, I don't know, what do you mean? Just to start where you are, Just where are you? I said, I just thought it was a joke. I said, I'm sitting on my couch. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, start right there. Mm. And that's actually where I started, you know, started homeschooling mine and bringing other amazing children and other parents getting involved and right there in the living room on that same couch. Mm-hmm. So I just thought about those words, you know, getting everything going and then just thinking about, you know, everything our people have, have gone through. You know the public school system. You know, knowing what I knew and what I know, even more so now. You know, it was not designed for us to be liberated in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And although we have some amazing educators within it, um, right. it's it's kind of like changing the furniture around in the house. You can change it around, but it's still going to have the same structure. Right. You know. And so when we look at it from that perspective, it's like I'm grateful for those brothers and sisters who are on the inside, who who are dedicated. But ultimately, you know, it is not going to liberate us in any way, shape or form. So I look at, you know, I I really liken it to, and some people feel like it's kind of harsh, but I liken it to, you know, a lot of, a lot of us African mothers that would even throw our babies over the ship for them not to be enslaved. Mm. And I can't imagine being in that position ever, you know, and and it's like now we're so, mentally challenged with so many things that we face. And it's not, this is not to throw, you know, arrows at somebody, but the bottom line is, you know, all the things that we're dealing with in this lifetime, we just give our children away. We give them away and we hope for something different that we know continues to produce the same outcome. So I feel like if we are serious, as a lot of people, I get a lot of phone calls that say, you know, I want to homeschool, And then I get 20 reasons why they can't, right behind I want to. That's right. And my thing becomes, do you really want to? Because when you want to, you just start out with the fact that you want to. And the quest quest becomes, how can I start this? What do I need to do to make this happen? And that's really what the the One Million Black Homeschool is Rising campaign that we're working on now is about starting where we are, you know, and not feeling bad if if you're not doing exactly how you want to do it if your child is in public school and you really don't want them there you know why but just starting it starts with it's a mindset you know it it really is a mindset and that's why i say liberation lifestyle because a lifestyle is something you have to give thought to it's a mindset you know so if your child is in public school just starting with what are some things that you can do at home to just create you know a flow and a rhythm of shifting of thought so if it's just you know, 15 minutes a week. We're going to sit down every Friday from 7.30 to 7.45 p.m. And we're going to begin to talk about what are some of the things on your mind and what are some of the things you want to learn. And so, you know, giving our children a different paradigm around what education is. It's not just, you know, memorizing and regurgitating what's the purpose of education. Yeah. And getting them to understand that if it's not liberating you, if it's not empowering you in your divine purpose and why you came here to do what you're supposed to do, And then defining what that is, you know, a lot of us, even for our children, we don't know what it is even for ourselves, let alone trying to pass that forward to our children. But I think, you know, when you begin to connect in the right circles, things just divinely line up. When you declare and you say, this is what I'm going to do, no matter what, this is what I'm going to work towards, you'll begin to see different circles of people you can connect with, even if it's just one person. It doesn't have to be a group right you know it doesn't have to be something that changes you know night and day overnight but things can be a gradual process and i think you know we need to know that and a support system is what helps us to get over those hurdles which is you know really what liberated minds is
0: absolutely beautiful well said again honey you're a wealth of information listen we have a home (laughs) school elder who you just sit at her feet and be like yeah okay okay, (laughs) just, just, just good 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 insights um uh Queen thais so thank you. Let me ask you this: so if that was your worst time, worst day, and and I'm going to tell you, you blew me out the water when you said, um, you know, thinking about our ancestors, many of them threw their kids over the boat yeah. out, you know, out of the ship because they were determined not to have them as slaves. Oh, mm-hmm. that was a mouthful right there. I mean, I I I knew where you were going with that, and when you said that, I was like, oh my goodness, that was that yeah. was a mouthful.
1: So, I can't even imagine. You know, a lot of the things we've face, you know, now we really do have the opportunity um, to do whatever we need to do, you Absolutely. know, and, yeah. and we have the resources, and even a lot of our African brothers and sisters on the continent don't necessarily have right. the same amount of resources that we have here, That's true. you That's know, true. to be able to connect with like minds and to be able to execute, you know, a lot of the things that we want to put in place, Yeah. and we, can start, we can't make excuses, you know, even when I when I started the x the first thing I said, well, I don't have any money to start this, And I just, I don't even know. I just said, but it has to, we got to get something going. I didn't even realize like so many people were wanting to do home schooling because I'm in my own little bubble (laughs) and I'm just working with my family and the community, you know, in my area. And then I just started getting a lot of calls and people asking questions. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, there's no resources for our people. And I was like, no, there's tons of resources. Like, why don't you know about this? And so I realized that it just was about getting the word out. And then a lot of people were awakening to what they did not want for the children, but they weren't clear how to obtain what it is they did want. And so I felt like this is a great opportunity maybe to offer some training and, you know, that comes through our world perspective, you know? And so that is the difference with liberated minds is that, you know, everything is through our eyes, you know, and of course the narrative is very different when we talk about it through our eyes. So know, being able to provide the educational support, um, the resources, you know, the different vendors and a lot of, a lot of our startup businesses are, we have amazing things that we're creating, but we don't have the budgets, you know, for the marketing on the mass level. So it's really just about, you know, it has to be the collective um, mingling and networking and, you know, just getting to know each other as people on the same journey and the same walks.
0: Yes, yeah. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So take us to your most proudest moment in your homeschool journey, Queen Thais, that when you think about it, it warms your heart, maybe brings you the tears mm-hmm. and you're like, this right here, this right here is what I do, what I do and we keep doing
1: what I do. Take us to that, that Ooh, moment. I have a lot of those moments. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, wow. Um, I would probably say um with my with my son, I say with my son and my daughter, um, who's now twenty-three and twenty-one. Okay. Um at the time my son was really into, you know, aviation and <sighs> It's just a funny story because that was a journey. I'm glad he's off on this journey, but he really was into aviation and mechanics. And I just knew from the beginning he was into, he loved science and he loved math. And which is, which were two areas that I was kind of like, I don't I I could only go so far in this, right? But at the same time, you know, I saw and and I sought different things that I felt he could utilize you know on the journey whether it was lectures it didn't matter if it was something for children adults i just made sure he was front and center and so um along the way you know he did an internship i never forget he, he was a, involved with habasha which is an organization that deals with um it's called helping africa helping africans abroad by establishing schools and so it's an organization that they deal with agriculture and he was 11 at the time and we used to go, a friend of mine's daughter used to be involved and we used to go and just participate in learning about the gardening. And then they started learning about solar panels and building solar panels. And he said, I really want to do this. But he was too young, <laughs> he was like a year too young. And the children, what they do is they spend a whole year and a half learning about their culture and who they are. And then they raise money and they take a trip to Africa, okay. to Ghana in particular. So Um, the director of the program said, why don't you just, I will let him in. Let's let him just, you know, try it out and see. So Mm -hmm. he went through the program. Um, he just loved it. Like he loved it. loved it. He was the youngest to ever go to Africa. That was, I don't even know what year that was. He was 12. And then when he got back, um, he did an internship at, um, at a car mechanic shop, which I love. I'm such a fan of internships and apprenticeships like I can't even stress to people how important it is because it really is like free college (laughs) it's like free college because there is hands-on it's you know on the job experience and it's not just the skill of whatever they're learning but it's also all the other dynamics of what goes into having your own business and I think it's so important especially if it's with a black business because You're also, you know, you're reciprocating that love and energy right back into the business to help the economics of the community that you're in. So I think that um, for him, um, that was such a crucial time because um, the owner of the business wasn't really interested at the time. He felt like it was such a liability and it probably was, you know, because he was 12 and he's like, what is this little child going to come in here and do? Mm -hmm. And, um, but he gave him the opportunity And before the summer was over, he was just, like, blown away. He was, like, you know, helping him take engines apart. And he was doing the oil changes, all the oil changes. And it was just an amazing experience. But I just knew that that was such an area that was of him, you know, who he was. And then um, from that point, he went into a program called Aviation Career Enrichment. And for those who are here in the Atlanta area, um, there is an all-Black pilot school or uh aviation school here for children wow. and at the time i didn't know it was all black so i was prepping him on the way there i remember in the car i called a friend of mine one of the parents from the home school had told me about it i was like, okay so i'm prepping him all the way i'm like you know it might not just be you know all us so it's just you know we go in there we're gonna get the information and find out about it and so when I walked in the door, I saw it was all us. I just wanted to cry. I was just like, oh, my God. And the program had been around for 30 years. Wow. All of the staff was volunteers. Wow. And so he had the opportunity to go through this program. And he was, from the day he touched down, he was the top student. It was like three main top students, and they became best friends. And all the way through till he graduated, um, he was just loving it, like eating it, sleeping it, breathing it. And so I remember, you know, supporting that process and, you know, even with all this homeschooling and a lot of the math and science, you know, we directed it around that. And, you know, that's one thing about homeschooling, you know, we can really direct, you know, what it is they love and add that extra flavor in there to make it a real juicy experience to really get them going, you know? So i just never forget the day when he did his solo and he just, he was just so excited and the solo was, you know, was, your first time flying by yourself. Yes. Yes. And I think it was, I don't know, maybe 15, probably around 14, 15. I, I'll just never forget that day when he just took off and I just saw his face. You could just mm-hmm. see, he was just, you know, just so excited and happy and elated. And it was just like, wow, this is just so worth it to see them feeling great and attaining the things that they want to, you know, want to learn. I mean, his pilot's license by the time he was 16, and just his level of innovation, he was interning at Delta and United for a while. Um, He got Employee of the Year at Delta, and this was before he was even a pilot. Um, He was just doing, you know, some studies there while he was in college, and, you know, he was there just studying. They did a documentary on him and his story, you know, through Delta. It was just... It's like, oh my gosh, like when I feel like when we are really supporting who they are and not just going through the motions of you got to learn this, and you got to learn that. And they say, they say, they say you should know. They, I'm like, they who? Like what's most important is the things that you're going to utilize in your life. Something that is real, you know, something that is Mm -hmm. practical. And personally, like, I don't, I don't really care that, you know, the capitals of every state. I'm just not gonna certain things I'm not knocking on your door to master like you have to know this. I don't remember the capitals of everything and I don't need to. Like there's just certain things. You know all the presidents. you know you know, certain things I just want you to know the things that are important for your self-preservation, um, for building a family, you know, things that we don't talk about when it comes to educating our own. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't talk about marriage. We don't talk about what is the what are the elements of being a wife, of being a husband, of what does it take to you know, preserve culture and what does it take to create your not just uphold traditions that you believe in, but also to create your own and new traditions, mm-hmm. you know, that, that can that you, that can instill whatever your foundation is, your mission statement, right? That can fortify whatever your mission statement is within your family. And you know, just just reestablishing mm-hmm. and remembering, you know, yeah. who we are and the essence of that. So that was that was a that was a great, amazing experience for me. And um and I'll say with my daughter too, I have to say her little self, she's just little, she was she too when she was twelve. Mm-hmm. And um, she really loved to cook with me in the kitchen. And this was like I was really taking off on my little vegan vegetarian thing, you know, that's when I was really getting deep into it and trying to find new recipes and she'd be right there with me in the kitchen. And she was so small, like she probably looked like she was about eight or nine. Mm-hmm. But she was twelve. <laughs> she was like 11, twelve. and um, so a friend of mine called and says, "Hey, I know your daughter loves to cook with you, and they're having this. Um, it was called the um, Atlanta um, Jerk Festival Cooking Competition or something. I'd never heard of. It's a huge draw. Like five, six thousand people there. Wow. It's like huge. And they have this cook-off, and it's all jerk food. So you know, like the Jamaican jerk seasoning." Whether it's, um, you know, whatever it is you want to make. Okay. So she said, so I, so I asked her, I said, well, do you want to enter? They're having a contest. I told her about it. She says, yeah, I would love to. And so um, so we called about enrolling her. And they said, well, you have to be 18. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she was just all disappointed. And I says, well, you know what? Let's just call them back and see if there's any way that they can make, you know, an, an amendment that. That you're only 12, but you still want to do it. So, so the the brother at the time talked to his wife, and she said, Well, we can do it if the mom is willing to sign a waiver that she'll take on any liability because they have to cook everything on the spot. So, if there's any, you know, she gets burned or something happens, you know, there's no liability on there for which, of course, I signed. That's not Mm -hmm. a problem. So, um, So, she entered into the contest, and what I love is that. She says, I'm going to do, you know, of course, all vegetarian dishes. We were vegetarian. So I thought about that. I was like, yes, yeah, jerk season. Usually they jerk pork and fish and oxtails and, you know, chicken. And so she just, she entered the contest and she chose to do, um, she had, you had to do three different items that were jerk, and then you could do whatever else on the plate with the dish. But she did a jerk kale salad. She did a barbe- barbecue jerk um veggie kebabs and she did uh a jerk west african couscous i mean she just went in Mm, like she was up all night like some nights out here in the kitchen she was creating stuff and so i was like okay a couple nights i stayed up with her and i was like exhausted i know i had to get up the next day for the whole school but i was just so excited at her excitement and wanting to be supportive so um make a long story short the day of they came and she was just so prepared and you know, she had said, Mom, I want to go get special dishes, and I was like, this is getting costly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she wants all these fancy dishes and her. She's real big into presentation, even now. Okay. But that was her thing. So she went ahead and um, they went through it. She prepared everything. They did the contest, and she took first place. And, like, my daughter's, like, wow. so old, like, even-killed and calm. And when they called her name on the stage, she just jumped up. Like, probably about five feet in the air i mean she just jumped up i'm looking like this is not my child and she just ran to the stage i mean the trophy was probably almost as big as her at the time i think she won like five hundred dollars or something i don't even remember but the money she won she used to start her catering business okay and man from that point you know um we just supported her like everything you know i feel like everything should be a family movement so mm-hmm. when she had catering jobs, we were all in the kitchen cutting onions mm-hmm. and peppers and helping her out, you know. And I think that's one thing that's really key is that, you know, who whatever child is doing what in the family, everybody needs to be in full support. All of the children, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the parents, mm-hmm. getting everybody on the same page and showing that everybody's presence and everybody's assistance is needed because that energy, it just mm-hmm. creates a family bond, even if you're tired. And I know there's plenty of days you were tired, but- you know, I just felt like that gave her such the boost and the confidence sure. um, to start her own catering business. And she began, I mean, she had orders from different congressmen. She did Six Flags vegan concerts, all the vegan food for yeah. their concert series. Wow. She did, I mean, from that point, it was like she had holidays proclamated after her in here in Atlanta, in Georgia. Wow. I mean, it just—it was nonstop. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, see, so on fire. And I just like, to be able to see, you know, each of them developing what they love. And then, you know, like I was saying, when one thing opens up, it opens up another area. Cause then she went she went on, I think 14, she did that she was the first, the youngest um comedic yoga teacher, certified comedic yoga teacher mm-hmm. in the country. So wow. My other daughter beat her out on that afterwards. <laughs> but but anyway, she was my other daughter was 12. She's younger than her. But um yeah. But at the time, you know, she was a young age and she began to travel. She went to Jamaica helping with other certifications. Um, You know, just she began to be able to really kind of blossom and flower in what she loved. And I think it's important um, that we don't use age for anything, like in terms of, you know, you have to look at their age and look at their level of, you know, maturity as they grow. Certain things are going to make them more mature if you give them the opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think there's a balance between Um, you know, a lot of times allowing other people to dictate to us, you know, what our children are supposed to be doing at this age and supposed to be doing at that age. And then when they're not doing that, we say they're behind. And when they're beyond that, we say they're ahead. And my whole philosophy is that they just are where they are. And you work where they are. And, you know, growth is infinite. So there's no reason to cut off because of age or stop them, you know, because, oh, they say only at two years old, you know, you can only do this. And at five years old at 16 years old because our children are amazing they are brilliant mm-hmm. and if we give them what they need the love and and the support and the things that we don't know we challenge ourselves to go out and find for them we have to we have to be the ones to say okay we know they're interested in this what what can i find to keep nurturing this yeah to keep watering it and you know making this a greater experience for them i think yeah. that's like really key um I learned that. I'm going to say really quick. I know I'm like, I just get so passionate about this, but I learned it was a good friend of mine who came to my house to tell the story really quick. And I love this story because it was just so indicative of how we think and how certain thoughts have been imposed on us. But um, she came over. I hadn't seen her in a while. She came back in town. Meantime, she had a baby since then. And I'd only seen the baby once before she left town. When she came back. To visit, he was four months old, and so she comes in the living room, and I'm just loving him up. I'm like, wow, he's so adorable. He's not so big, and we're talking and just you know doing the catch up thing, you know. And um, about maybe 15 minutes into our conversation, she's like, hold on a second, I have to take them to the bathroom. I got to take him to the bathroom. You take who to the bathroom? She take the baby to the bathroom. Take him to the bathroom? She's like, yeah, I got to take. He's got to go to the bathroom. How do you know he has to go to the bathroom? So I okay. think she's joking, and I'm like, she's gotta be joking. So, you know, so she literally takes him to the bathroom and I kind of creep behind her and I'm looking like, is she really about to put him on the toilet? And so she put him on the toilet and he peed in the toilet and I'm just like, what just happened right now? (laughs) And so she came back out and I'm just like, like, you're serious? She's like, yeah, I'm probably him. Like, he's four months. Like, I don't even, I've never seen anything like this. Where did you get that idea? And she's like, well, I was online and I saw this whole thing around it was called elimination communication is what she said I was like elimination i've never heard of that she was like yeah you know this this um she saw a youtube video about it she figured she'd try it so it's like so is it indigenous she's like i don't really know I just, this has got to be something indigenous so i began to look up you know where the origins because of course we know everything is like holistic health and healing it's just indigenous way of life we we get sold. No, they sell us back everything, right? They take it and then they reframe it and then they sell it to us and then it becomes okay for us to buy. So it's just an interesting dynamic. So, but I know this had to have come from us. Like I just, this is like blowing my mind. I do the research and I come across this, um, this article about women in Uganda. And of course it's just across the African diaspora period. But, um, it was a particular article about, you know, when the babies are, when our babies are born that you know, we don't, putting diapers on them wasn't the way of doing it. We immediately trained them and it was a, a way that they communicated with us when we tuned in, you know, well enough to letting us know this is what it is that they have to do. They got to go to the bathroom. So they would just sit there, literally sit down and just put the baby between their legs and the baby would go to the bathroom. They showed this. Right. I was just like, oh my goodness, the babies were like one month. Two months old, I was blown away. Wow. And so what it taught me was mm-hmm. that who who is it that who is it that is determining what our children can do and when they can do it? And we've been taught all wrong about yes, their yes. ability, mm-hmm. their capabilities. And now I know two years old was the age I knew. Two years old, you start party training. Yep. These babies are two months old. And this yeah. is the norm. And when I thought about it, I said, have I ever seen... When you see our african women carrying babies on their back have you ever seen them with diapers huh. and i thought about i've never seen that huh. you see the baby naked the mother puts the baby on their back they wrap up the baby and they keep moving yeah. I says, you know i've never i've never seen that and that's when i started going into my own natural recollection i realized that wasn't the case you know what i mean so i just was floored by that and i thought it was just a great example Mm. of kind of me examining my own expectations and a lot of times our expectations are set by others but we have to look to our own culture to see what are the things that we've been doing naturally Mm. and know that if this has already been done it can continue to be done and then we can we can go back we can get that information and bring it forward for this paradigm that we're in these days and times, and apply it to where we are now you know make it applicable for the present So I just wanted to share that. That was
0: excellent, beautiful, well said. Listen, girlfriends, if you're just tuning in and you're just now listening to this, I want you to be sure to hit the share button. Go ahead and share it out and get it out. So people need to hear this. This is um, Queen Thais out of Georgia. I want to call her elder Thais. I keep wanting to say that every time. I was like, queen. I think in my brain, I'm thinking, wow, she is such an elder. And um, in her own right, she is an elder. But this is Queen Thais out of Atlanta. If you're not uh, familiar with her, you know, be sure to read her bio, get connected with her. So this part of the show, Queen Thais, is where we ask questions, where you give quick answers just to pick your brain. Okay, Okay. so you can give these uh, quick answers uh, to these questions. So uh, what is your favorite quote that helps you through your homeschooling journey?
1: Um, Our culture is our immune system. That's one of my favorites.
0: Mm, love it love it do you plan to homeschool all of your kids all the way to the end I think that's without saying but I just have to ask you
1: yes absolutely absolutely
0: what is something unique that you do in your homeschooling that is unique to you know your family probably not other families do this thing it's your your thing for your family
1: um something that is unique I would say um We sit down and we read every night before we go to sleep. Everybody crawls in the (laughs) bed. They climb up in the bed and everybody just, it's like our bonding time. You know, We don't read to each other, everybody reads their own story and it's just kind of a time where we can just spend before we close our eyes, like that little sacred time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Beautiful. What are
0: uh, some resources or curricula that you feel that every family should have in their homeschooling library?
1: Oh, I love Dr. Amos Wilson. That is one of my favorites. Um, Dr. Amos Wilson, um, Mbaba Mwalimu Baruti. Um, Gosh, there's so many. Um, Those are probably my two favorite authors, I would say, in terms of, yeah, homeschooling. And for The Blueprint for Black Power, Um, The psychological development of the black child, you know, awakening the genius of the black child. You know, those were really my foundational books and books that I still go back to. You know, you have certain books that you read and others become your manuals and they keep you on point. So, those are two authors I would say, not just those books, but those are two authors I feel like are very necessary.
0: Okay, very good. What is the best piece of advice that you have received that has helped you stay on track? these 24 years
1: um, I would say to be uncompromising in who you are and be confident and loving to yourself you know I think for me um, that was a big message to my mom to disrespect my mindset and my mm-hmm. thought process of growth um, because I've been on a journey that not many of my fam- not many in my family have followed or have set the precedent for, I should say. So I think just sticking to what you know internally and trusting your intuition and not, you know, a lot of times when we're making change, the people around you are going to give you obstacles. Yeah. And my thing is, you know, if you're not on the same journey, you can't take advice from someone who's, you know, you can't take it 100% from someone who's, that's not the path that they're on.
0: Yes absolutely absolutely all right queen thais here is the last question the million okay, dollar yes million dollar question are you ready
1: yes i am
0: all right now if you had to start all over again today, number one 24 years ago back to the beginning but you have your yes. current knowledge convictions insights skills what would be the first thing you would have been sure to change, you would be sure to change or to implement this time around?
1: If I had everything I know now. Hmm. I would say it would be the piece around the expectations. Like I know my expectations were high, but I think it was it would be more implementation of that, you know, um, of the information. It took me a while to implement, I guess that's what I'm gonna say. You know, being able to implement right away and not worrying about how that was gonna go, but just trusting more in that implementation process of bringing things from a conscious state to a conscientious state. Okay, beautiful, all right, very good. Queen (laughs) Thais, do you have any
0: last words of advice you want to share with the girlfriends And please let us know what you have your hands into that you love for us to be a part of and come uh, join
1: in. Yes. My advice would be love the journey, you know, the challenges, the triumph, you know, your evolution, the evolution of your children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, know that every walk is going to look unique, is going to be different, but stay committed to your passion and don't let anything steer you off that, Mm -hmm. off that road, you know. We have the Liberated Minds Expo, as many of you know already, I wanna invite you all to come out. And this year is gonna be a very special year because we will be um, celebrating the One Million Black Homeschoolers Rising, which is our black homeschool nation coming together and just starting where we are and empowering each other. And um, that will be July 17th to the 19th. It's always three days here in Atlanta. And they can go to the website, which is liberatedmindsexpo.com. Um, you can also find out more information at liberatedmindsinstitute.com, which is all of the things that we have working on. Not everything is on there yet, but we're working on it. And also queenshighest.com to find out more about, um, the trainings I do, do a lot of, um, speaking engagements. Um, I work at, uh, Susan Taylor's uh, university, um, teaching early childhood development. I do a lot with that, um, a lot of individual coaching, counseling around, you know, people actualizing their goals around homeschooling or just, you know, being better parents and that type of thing. So um, I don't know, there's like so much going on. <laughs> there's a lot to cram into one, just a few minutes, but I mean, definitely stay connected. If you can go to those, any of those websites and sign up on our email list, I think probably that's the most important mm-hmm. and you can find out whatever's going on, you know, in the future, so. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you for having me. This yeah. has been some support. Yes, we did it. The
0: girlfriends, listen. Yeah, so we you, made it happen. We made it happen. And you have to yeah. know that, girlfriends, you are the average sum of the five people you hang out with. And yeah. this hour, you've been hanging out with Queen yeast out of Georgia. <laughs> Woo! The homeschool guru, homeschool mom, 24 years, and have her hands in so many things. You definitely want to stay connected, okay? So you are the average sum of five people you hang out with. You've been hanging out with Queen Thais. So listen, keep up the momentum and continue to connect with positive resources. Get involved with what she's doing. And then you become that positive reservoir that others can draw from as well and bring, you know, find that encouragement and and um, the ump to keep on on the journey and loving the journey. So Queen Thais, yes, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. love, you I appreciate time. you so much. Oh, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, making it happen today. You running here, there, boom, boom, boom. She's all over the place and she took time to come by Girlfriend's Guide to Homeschooling. So Girlfriend's Guide to Homeschooling appreciates you. Grateful to you for what you're doing to the what you're providing and giving to the homeschool community. I'm grateful to have connected. And thank you for
1: everyone who's just, who's listened in. You know, I just send love and light and, you know, just, just encouragement, you know, and and this is just a wonderful time. I think we got to just embrace it. So thank you for listening in. I love you all for just taking the time for being who you are and for making this important to learn more.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Now, girlfriends, remember that to teach a child is to touch a life. And as we homeschool, we not only touch a life, we shape the future through our efforts of homeschooling. So keep making that positive impact day after day, year after year. We are making it happen, we can do it. There's no excuses like Queen Thais said, there's no excuses there. What you wanna do, you can make it happen, all right? So thank you, girlfriends. Make sure you tell a friend, share, and stay connected with what Queen Thais is doing. And girlfriends got to homeschooling until next time, peace everyone. Peace <laughs>